joining Grinch Rizbros with your hosts, Eddie, the Wardez Gomez, and Tristan, Roadbeef Bayless. Today we've got a special guest. You may know him as Mr. Mohawk. He <laughs> is the defining member of Team SV on Gran Turismo Sport. It is Cyrus Cross who is joining us. Yay! Hey it is, uh, it's great to have you here, dude. Welcome. It's great to be here. We've got a, a litany of questions for you. Uh, I hope you're ready to be grilled. Um, if you got yourself off the smoker, first of all, then you're probably ready for the grilling. Uh, <laughs> you know, and we'll we'll get you cut up into a few salads, and uh, and then we'll be on our way. Marinade. Perfect. Yeah, can't forget the marinade. Uh, marinate, ma- marinate us. Oh, marinate us with your voice. <laughs> Perfect. Cyrus chops. Just bathe in the vibes. <laughs> Smother myself. Okay, now we're just getting too far. It's not late enough for that. <laughs> but give it an hour or two. Perfect. Um, all right. Well, uh, Eddie and I both have the the same list. Um, Eddie, uh, my friend, why don't uh, why don't you get us started and and, uh, and ask what you like? Gran to... Turismo. <laughs> <laughs> dun dun dun. <laughs> That's where why we're all here, folks. It's the crazy game that's from Japan and brought us all together and forged relationships that we will continue to indulge in for the rest of our vivas. Anyway, all right, sorry, a little too carried away there. but spicy. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. It's something like that we'd like to start with, of course, because it is the core of this show, and uh, we wanted to know how you connect initially or connected with Gran Turismo and how it all started. Man, so I've been playing racing games my whole life, and uh, I've always loved Gran Turismo, and I've especially fell in love with Gran Turismo 3. That's the game I've played yeah. the very most, I think. Like, even Me to too. this day, even with Sport being out for three and a half years, including the the beta, I'm, mm. I'm pretty sure I still played three more. Three is um, hard. It was hard. Yeah. I, tried, I tried playing it recently, and it's very difficult. It's been for I think I haven't played it for probably 15 years since 4 came out. Mm. But, uh, yeah. No, actually, I have a really special relationship with Gran Turismo. I think I owe a lot of my success to Gran Turismo. Um, yeah, GTHD was the very first game that I ever played competitively, I guess, if you can say that. The, the first time I ever really attacked a time... Like, not really a time trial. It was a, a drift trial, but it was the first time I ever attacked a leaderboard. Mm. And uh, my success there led me to feel a lot, a lot more confident in myself, and uh, yeah, then I played all of the Gran Turismo's ever since, of course, and then, and now I'm streaming, streaming the Gran Turismo three days yeah. a week. Yeah. I absolutely love Gran Turismo, and GT Academy was also a huge defining moment in my life as well. Gran Turismo is, I owe a lot to Gran Turismo. Hmm. Was, well, is, oh, go ahead. Was, was 2013 when you went to the New York City um, uh, regional? It was 2014. 2014. Okay. Yeah, he was in the class with Armin and uh, Nick. Yeah, uh, Nick was the prior year. Nick was the champ the year before, but he was oh, like yes, a coach. Yes, yes. Oh, right, 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 right. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it's all coming back. <laughs> it's easy to get. I can't believe it's been six years now. So, so who are just to rifle off some of your co-competitors? Who are they? Oh my gosh. Um. Erky is my eternal rival. Erky. <laughs> I uh, I still remember the first time I raced him. I was like, oh, this guy's got Twitch all over his car. And I went to his 
Facebook's page. I was like, how come I've never heard of this guy and he's faster than me? <laughs> Why is this happening? <laughs> right. That was how I also meet met uh, Tristan. I'm like, oh, Road Beef, that's a funny name. Why is he destroying me? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, the, the current class of top split guys in, in the North America region are all the guys I'm chasing all the time. Yeah. I that's got a, a good question. group. I got a question about the um, GTHD uh, drift competition. Yeah, I had to say. I also wanted to. Yeah, you probably are going to ask the same one. Go ahead. I was wondering if um, if you've done like karting autocrossing before that, or if that was like a catalyst that then led into a, a, a real life car enthusiasm. So I'd always been into cars. I had never done so much as I. I'd never done more than drive my car dangerously until. <laughs> <laughs> until that point um, right. pretty much everything I'd ever learned was from was from video games That's 100% cool. at that point yeah I um, I'd never had a game that I'd really like compared myself online I never played online games before that I'd just sit by myself or with friends playing uh, you know same screen multiplayer until mm-hmm. that point and then yeah do you guys remember GTHD? did you guys play that? Not me. I didn't play. I didn't play HD. Um, I just played three and then straight to four. Um, I played a couple of like the concepts, like the yeah. the ones from like auto shows, the Tokyo, and then like uh, Essen or something, or the Frankfurt Auto Show. Yeah. Um, when they released, the, you know, like the, the GTR uh, concept, I think it was the big model for that. Um, those were easy to get because. Uh, I think they were just all over the place in, in Europe. And I lived in Germany at the time. We just walked into like, you know, a supermarket that had a CD section. And there was like two mm. Gran Turismo concepts, like prologues, out of nowhere. I'd never seen anything like it in the United States. Snatched those suckers up. Yeah, because HD is one that not a lot of people mention. So it's cool. That's the very gra- ground floor of competitive Gran Turismo because um, it had a very limited um, multiplayer. But it was a ranking board you know there was yeah. time trial and drift trial so yeah that's cool yeah i was still t- i was terrible at the time trial like all i ever did when it came to racing games at that point was drifting like need for speed underground yeah i bought grand turismo 4 hoping that it would feel like grand turismo 3 i remember that was one of the greatest disappointments of my life initially hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but then it was then grand turismo 4 was actually responsible for partially responsible for me falling in love with racing again yeah, a similar case for me and a lot of people as well. Especially, uh, it kind of drummed up this, like, it turned uh, Nurburgring into this just mythological place. Yes, that's right. I, I remember I'd only seen the Nurburgring on a Best Motoring VHS. Mm-hmm. Oh damn! Point. Best Motoring, the the very first compilation of VHS, the Type R Legend. At the end, there's a bonus. I think it was Gonson attacking the Nurburgring. With oh damn! An S2000 and no helmet in the top down. Just, <laughs> it was so terrifying. I was like, "What is this track? Who is this man?" And then I remember being really excited seeing it in Gran Turismo 4. And then, yeah, that's when I learned it. Gonson, what a character! Guy, <laughs> all those guys. You guys seen the video of the um, the Nissan Option 350Z crashing at the Silver State Classic? Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was Gonson driving. And like I, crashed at 220, and then oh just gets God. out unscathed. <laughs> Teflon Gonson. <laughs> Teflon Gonson. Wow, perfect. It's insanity. I didn't know that was him. 
Were you, uh, Cyrus, uh, pretty heavy into Gran Turismo 5 when it came out? So I'm trying to remember, was GT5 before or after Forza 4? I want to say before. So I think... Okay, yeah, that's right. So 5 Prologue was the very first game I played with a wheel. And Mm -hmm. I remember thinking it was the most difficult thing in the entire world, trying to drift. And then, same with GT5. Yeah, I, I did play that one. A lot. Hmm. Actually, Damn, when I when I type in Forza Four, it gives me Forza Horizon Four. Yes, that's so sad. <laughs> but so yeah, Forza uh, Motorsport Four came out after GT Five, October 11, twenty eleven, versus GT 5s November two thousand ten, which could have been November two thousand nine, two thousand eight, May two thousand eight. <laughs> Gosh, has it really been that long? Jeez. Besides it being a long time. How old are you, Cyrus? Are you going to make me feel good, or are you going to make me feel bad? I will be 36 in three days. Damn. Oh, wow. Happy early good. birthday. Thank you very much. <laughs> Sorry to ask that so bluntly, but just to give people a reference for, you know, what kind of games we were buying at different ages and stuff, and how old we were. Like, we're pretty close. I'm 33, so we're right in there. Same high school. <laughs> yeah, we'd be in the same class, wouldn't we? <laughs> yeah, I would be too dumb. Yeah. <laughs> no, it doesn't work. Anyway, <laughs> so I emptied them, but not in that way. Okay. We all have our moments. I was trying to make fun of myself, and I failed at that even. Okay. It's hard when Go. you try to the self-deprecating humor, and then all your friends <laughs> just feel bad for you. You're like, oh, you're fine. <laughs> that <laughs> happened to me on the way up up the stairs to sit down here. I tried to be del- self-deprecating to my wife, and it just, like, I didn't make sense. You have to make sense, first of all. <laughs> yeah. But the, the words came out like it was just, I don't know, like a train crash of, of vowels and consonants. <laughs> I go by it. now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like she, she laughed and kind of gave me a look of like, well, you tried, honey. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's a keeper. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I, I apologies for the interruption. I just wanted to ask um, Cyrus, since uh, you brought up Erky, um, I see you and Erky on SV. Uh, yeah. And I'm I'm curious what the origins of the SV team are and mm-hmm. and your involvement, man. So, it's it's a, it's another just huge piece of luck in my life. I've been so lucky with so many of the opportunities that I've had. So, I met the guy who started Team SV. So SV stands for Street Version. Um, Street mm-hmm. Version is a toge sim racing team, nice. and they focus entirely on um, essentially living the initial D dream mm-hmm. digitally. And I didn't actually know that initially. And what's funny is that was my, like, I fell in love with Initial D in the early 2000s. Yeah, uh, likewise. Would, yeah. And we'd, we'd go out and try to find all the twisties around our houses and mm. and try not to die. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so anyways, I, I, I was invited to join the team, like, representing Gran Turismo, um, just because the guy, his name's Mind. Mind was trying to get um, more involved in Gran Turismo. And, um, I like for a year, I just was never really involved. I'm, I am like, I'm the strangest introvert you'll ever meet. Like I'm sitting here on stream yelling at people for hours and then I just hide in my room (laughs) for the rest of my life. Mm. And, uh, so I I never like reached out. I never talked to him that much and uh, did anything with the team until I caught one of his streams and saw that he was having a toge competition. I don't know how I had missed for so long that I was part of it part of a sim racing team that organizes toge competitions <laughs> and around that time Erky and i both started getting more involved i i 
got Erky to watch Initial D, and he got super excited for it. So now we've been competing in toge competitions on AC. And, uh, Dude, that's yeah, awesome. Erky's so, so cool. Erky's such a good guy. Yeah, man. Oh, nothing but pure. Like, like you know those. Well, I don't know. Did you really get into the? Well, no. Yeah, that happened in the anime. The auras that you can feel off of drivers, which right, is right. totally relatable in sim racing as well. Yeah. I always, I always feel nothing but the most tremendous, like just pure kind of positive energy coming from his car. So, and that's rare. He's, mm-hmm. he's a rare one. He's an incredible dude. Yeah. He's so funny because he'll roast me for six hours while we're gaming. Like, the most brutal roasting. <laughs> and then he'll message me and, like, hey, how's the family? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's a good guy. And that. he's so fast. So, you know he started sim racing on Gran Turismo? That's no. GT Sport. And he's only been doing this stuff for, like, three years total. Damn. That's impressive. He really is. so impressive. And, yeah, he, um, I think he's beaten me on the last two uh, Toge competitions. He's fast in iRacing. He's fast on ACC. All started in GT Sport. So can I ask a question about the Togi competition? It's in a set of Corsa, the original, yeah. yes? Yeah. And um, so is it pretty, it's like grip racing or is it initial D like where you drift around hairpins and stuff? Yeah, it's it's all grip racing, but due to the nature of the hairpins and such, a lot of times the fastest route around is with a little bit oversteer. And yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's literally living the dream. It's what I wanted so cool. like in 2002. It's exactly what I wanted <laughs> right? to do. And it's, and it's out there. Yeah, and it's if you've never tried AC, there's this incredible it's a mod itself. It's called Content Manager. And this this absolute genius of a dude is the guy who made it. And it makes modding the game the easiest thing in the world. You can you can drag and drop a link from anywhere anywhere into Content Manager. It'll take care of everything for you, repair the game for you. Hmm. So we use that and um there are thousands of cars, thousands of tracks. AC is crazy. It's definitely yeah. still up because of the modding community. Hmm. Yeah, uh, and and it's a really good. Well, I was just gonna say, anyone that's listening to this that thinks, oh, maybe I I don't have a good computer for it. AC is very different from ACC. Yeah. I said, of course, the competition. That is a new one. Okay. <laughs> Comprende. Comprende. Yes. That one is a a resource resource hog. It's very difficult to run, so AC in comparison is really... Like, if you have a pretty beefy laptop, you could run it. Absolutely. Try it out. Use your use your gamepad for a minute. Or you can, if you have a wheel, you plug the wheel in. It does work pretty decently-ish. I'm sure there's mods to make the joypad support better, too, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. I guess that's what happens when it's a small studio. I, AC, I guess, was made by, like, two people or something initially. Oh, wow. Yeah, Marco and Simon, something like that. Yeah, so. two just super passionate Italian guys that were tired of not being... A, they're, they're like us, but they had talent to program. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, we're tired of not having what we want. Yeah. Let's make it. Yep. Yeah. You can unfortunately yeah. see that it was definitely a small team when it comes to the UI mm-hmm. of the console versions. <sighs> oh, the console? I've, I've never actually flipped it on. I bought the thing for, like two dollars when toys r us was liquidating (laughs) because i had had the full pc version for a long time but i just never popped it in but you're saying the ui is like notorious it's it's real i don't want to talk bad about them but it's not good Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) i I guess you know when you're like microsoft or ea that's when you can put thousands of people to work just optimizing things 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's the thing with sim racing games on PC. Uh, they're just never. I mean, Gran Turismo is like leaps and bounds and eons way better than any other UI for any sim racing game. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They just don't think about it. They're just too. They're caught up completely with the f- physics and everything, so which is understandable. Yeah. So, uh, Cyrus, you're a full-time streamer now. Yes. And you've been one for how long? So I'm a fake full-time streamer. I'm gonna <laughs> start. So I haven't quote-unquote made it, but um, I've been doing it now for a little bit over two years. I, uh, I was at a dead-end job, but I also worked as a, a stuntman. But to really make it as a stuntman, you either need to be insanely talented or live in one of the, the hot spots. And I am hmm. neither of those things. Hmm. So I um so I talked to my wife and uh after dabbling and streaming for a bit, I was like, Listen honey, this is crazy, but what if I quit my job and you pay all our bills while I play video games? <laughs> and so here we are. Living the dream. <laughs> the dream. The yep. dream. So it was, I, um, I, I had done a lot of research, like I, I talked to a few people I knew who, um, who'd streamed, who'd been streamers, and then a few people who had made it as streamers as well, um, to see what it would, like what the, the chances of actually eventually being able to pay all of my bills Mm -hmm. with streaming. And, um, I talked it over with Molly, my wife, and, um. We decided she, so it was right around the time that she became a nurse. So while she was in nursing school, I, um, I pretty much supported her. Um, and then, so she's like, let's flip, let's flip the tables, flip, flip the tables. That's an Mm -hmm. angry thing. Flip the script Mm -hmm. and, uh, and let's try it out. And so I'm so far way ahead of schedule. And so I think it's going to work out. That's awesome to hear. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So I, I hope, I hope so. We're still moving right. on up. Um, well, yeah. what I've noticed, I, I, what I wanted, I was curious about is, like, do you feel like it's hard to be just a Gran Turismo streamer? You kind of need to supplement it with other games and hangout times and all of that, build a community? Yeah, so what's really interesting about the Gran Turismo community specifically is it's a relatively small community for Twitch, but it's really passionate and surprisingly friendly. Like, pretty much every Gran Turismo streamer knows each other, and you'll see all the same faces um, hmm. for the most part. Um, the funny thing is, I think that if I focused only on Gran Turismo, I think I might be doing better than I am at the moment. Hmm. Um, because um, yeah, you do want to build a community, and I think in general it's risky and difficult trying to be um, a single-game streamer. That was actually one of the biggest things that I saw. Um, like I'll see tweets all the time like, I just lost 500 people the first time I played a, a video game that wasn't the same single-player video game I've been playing for eight years, hmm. that kind of stuff. Right. And so I wanted to make sure from the beginning that even if it was going to take longer, then I'd want to be doing something I could sustain. And so I figured, I love Call of Duty. I love Gran Turismo. I love sim racing. Let's focus on those two. And strangely enough, the the first month that I did it, I was only Call of Duty, and then I was worried that no one was going to want to watch Gran Turismo. And now, right. fast forward two years, <laughs> I still have like the same amount of people watching me playing Call of Duty, <laughs> while Gran Turismo is blown up. That's great. That's awesome. Um, do you find that, like, it's it's obvious that Twitch 
is a platform for streamers to interact with chat. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm, I'm a budding streamer myself, so I'm sorry for the kind of selfish quest- line of questioning here. <laughs> <All good. laughs> but uh, how much interaction is is there is there such a thing as too much interaction? Too much interaction? No. Okay, thought so. And when it comes to not enough interaction, that's also difficult. Because okay. we all know Turismo Lester. Oh, yes. Mr. Mark Pennell. Yes, sir. He doesn't... I mean, yeah. he doesn't actually use a microphone. No face cam. Windfire is the same. And super successful in, in doing all that. I think I think that I think yeah. that right there when it comes to one of the one of the biggest things. I mean, besides the fact that we all we all love Turismo Lester, but he type he does type he does type into the ta- into the chat though, right? He does absolutely. So yeah, he does interact. Kind of, that's his voice. Yeah, that's exactly. Um, he's just he's just so damn good. Everyone, it's everyone hardcore. Just loves watching and that. he's like, it was cool seeing him go really hard on Fall Guys too. <laughs> oh, I yeah. didn't see that actually. Yeah, he became very good and very quickly at Fall Guys. So many of the, so many of the, the North right? American. Right, I thought that was weird. <laughs> yeah, it's I've like never what? Won. <laughs> transferring. I, now they have a mode where it's all races. I was getting down on that the other day. Oh, I was like, Yep, this is my shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when that was uh, new, uh, there was a cadre of like uh, Def Sun and Dodge Lamb and uh, Lester. Uh, and Windfire and a few other people who are just going going ham for like six hours every day on Fall Guys. Oh, yeah. It was heavy. That was a heavy tidal wave. It's out to sea now. It's crazy how it was a flash in the pan indeed. <laughs> yeah, I haven't, I haven't even, I didn't even play it long enough to get to the first like big update. It's just like, all right, I've had Thank enough you. and I put the game away. <laughs> yeah. Good game, but, uh, you know. You guys ever get a win? I, got, uh, I was close I got, once. I got one or two, maybe. I got zero. I got kind of close ones. Like, yes, the other day I got pretty close. Like, I had a really good start on Fall Mountain. And uh, please, listeners, do not turn that dial. I'm just going to be quick with this story about Fall Guys. <laughs> <laughs> and I swear to God, we're going to talk about his stunt stuntman work, which is a million times. It's too late. I've already tuned out. You've lost <laughs> So check it out, right? I was starting to fall mountain. I was the first guy in the pack. I had a head start. And then I run into the stupid whirly thing that has a hammer on it, and I get slammed to the ground. <laughs> and that's the end. Okay. Yay! <laughs> that had drama. It had suspense. Right. It had humor. <laughs> yep. That special inflection. <laughs> that was perfect. You had me Thank totally you. convinced I was in I was in another world for a moment. <laughs> Uh, I need to use my inhaler real quick because I'm a hilarious asthmatic. <coughs> See, doing all that crazy stunt work, super respect. Doing this tricking, for those, I can use this time to explain tricking way better than Cyrus can, so let me just lay it out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I made him laugh. Sorry. No, it's good. It's fine. <laughs> The tricking, you know those guys who do tricks where they like jump up in the air and flip and do cool kicks and like, oh, that stuff. Look it up. Anyway, it. he's really good at it. Thanks, man. That's <laughs> about like, it. That's the best description. It's like breakdancing in the air. Yeah. Yes. I used to tell people, so I taught tricking for about a decade, and I told people it was breakdancing if breakdancing was invented by ninjas. Oh, that's, that's a badass. Good way of tricking yeah. has been, tricking's hilarious. It's all about like... 
it's like yeah. moments of inertia and center of gravity and uh, yeah. manipulation of limbs to just anyway i'm sure you could describe it better than i could i might have interrupted you eddie i'm sorry oh no no i was just gonna say like that yeah it's like another comparison it's like uh yeah stuntmen movies or yeah. action movies where stuntmen are doing crazy flip tricks in the air okay we're saying the same thing over and over <laughs> <laughs> let's talk another 20 minutes about tricks and then maybe we'll get back to gran turismo it's, just, it's so visual like i'm really just trying to beg these people to take a moment and check it out and then yeah and what's your instagram we could drop that oh tyrannosiris rex the exact I need to know the origins of that name, please. Okay, so I don't actually remember, except (laughs) that I was making funny name puns one day, and I realized that my name fits perfectly in Tyrannosaurus Rex, and also I'm angry and have short arms like a Mm T-Rex, so it's perfect. (laughs) And it all fits. Those stubby little things. (laughs) I genuinely do have really short arms. Like, it's a funny thing. Like, it got in the way doing mar- doing martial arts. Like, your, your arms are supposed to be as long as your height, right? My arms are two inches shorter than my height. It's oh. not fair. I don't know if I've ever actually measured my oh, yeah. huh. I know this because I always get punched in the face, and, like, why am I getting punched in the face all the time? <laughs> and yeah, my training is partner is, like, he's six foot four, but he has a six foot seven inch reach. So that was really bad. Hmm. Have you ever tried just, like... Really big boxing gloves? <laughs> Just a glove on a glove. <laughs> yeah. That looks like your reach. Glove gloveception. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate strategy. How come no one's thought of it? Well, don't feel too bad about, you know, the short Tyranno, uh, Tyrannosaurus arms, Cyrus, because that means that you can play uh, chopsticks on the piano better than anybody. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Priorities. Yeah. Uh, so I have to admit that I stalked you. Yes. Uh, uh, earlier today, uh, in in comp- the effort of compiling some questions and such, and uh, I, I hope you don't mind if I uh, get a little personal. I love ask it. about your birthplace, Hawaii. Yes. Uh, where are you from, and do you visit often, and do you have a favorite place? So, uh, not to bring bring it all down, but I like have no no connection with my <laughs> with the, my Filipino side, which is in uh, which is in Hawaii. Um, I was born there in 84, and then my mother took me and left my father when I was two. Oh. We got right out of there. So I've never, I've actually never been back home, and pretty much I've only met that part of my family, like, once. So I'm essentially, I was raised by the southern side of my family, southern Americans. I got you. I got you. Where's, where's your mom from? So mom's from Oklahoma. We grew up, I grew up in, mostly in San Jose, California. And uh, moved up to Oregon in 96. Mm. And then, uh, yeah, I've been in and around Portland, Oregon ever since then. So you were, you were in the Bay Area for the uh, for 89 earthquake. The yes. Yes, I was. What, what do you remember about that? I remember I was walking home with my, uh, my mom and my, my stepbrother. And I remember for years being proud that I was the only person that didn't fall on their ass. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, that was actually, it was really terrifying. Really, really terrifying. We all stood mm. outside for like two hours afterwards trying to deal with the aftershocks. Hmm. We, were, um, we were far enough away from the epicenter that it didn't do much more than break glasses out of cupboards and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it was terrifying. That was scary stuff. Wild. Do you think if it, well, okay, here's a, here's a question of the show. What, uh, how, 
big of a magnitude would it take for you to stop sim racing if you're in the lead? Wait to stop. So how how yeah, so how high a magnitude earthquake? Oh, <laughs> oh gotcha. <laughs> I'm like, wait. Hmm. Man. Well, I mean, like, Question I would have answered, like, if I just felt kind of depressed, I'd put the controller away. <laughs> I, I had no sad. idea we were talking about the earthquake. <laughs> Sorry. Please. Anyway, go go ahead with your answer. Yeah, I'd have to say it's got to be, like, it'd have to be at least in the fours. Oh, four. You are in Oregon. You don't get much, do you? We do not. <laughs> it's a bit, yeah, yeah the four la- would be I alarming. The last, the last earthquake I was in was in 95 in San Jose. What about you, Tristan, Bay Area? resident uh well i'm from santa rosa and uh i live in vallejo um and i i've only lived away from here for two years out of my life uh and i'm 36 so uh i I don't know if i can do the math but um anyway the (laughs) most recent earthquake i mean like we get like tumblers like uh or tremblers like 3.0s pretty regularly i'd say maybe once every couple of months something that you just feel the bed kind of shake or something for 10 seconds uh most recent big earthquake uh, it might even be high school, one that I was here for. There have been a few that happened when I was out of town for a weekend, like a 6.0 that happened in Napa a couple of years ago that uh, almost tipped some trains over. Oh. It was so violent um, and created what was, uh, it was, it was a notable earthquake because um, it was one of the first earthquakes that had a bunch of security cameras on at night to document this very rare phenomenon of like ground lightning ground lightning that only occurs in during earthquakes um so that that was cool Uh, whoa yeah it's a crazy phenomenon it's like ball lightning it's one of those things that is like scientifically it it exists but there's just like no nothing on tape it was one of the first times they got it on tape i know Um, i'm googling later yeah yeah ball Uh, lightning is my was going to be my other name before I chose Ward is. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Absolutely. Oh, goodness. Um, yeah. Uh, I was going to answer the question. Uh, most sig- recent significant earthquake was actually back when I was in high school. I was on a golf course, and uh, I remember it came at me like a wave, and it lifted uh, the fairway like five or six feet. This, this just a wave of like earth coming at me. And it lifted me up and then set me back down. And like, and then the ground looked like it had been just a moment before. But it, uh, it caused a bunch of glasses to crash out of cupboards and such and houses adjacent to the golf course. So it, it you know, was strong enough to do that kind of a damage. And, but it, that was wild. It was like uh, you know, surfing a wave. That's craziness. And yeah. I was going to ask you about Portland. Uh, yeah. Sorry. So if you're a car guy, do you have pretty cool tricked out car for your tricking I, yeah, for your tricking. <laughs> <laughs> I have two cars um one doesn't run and that's why i bought the second one your true car guy exactly yeah continue <laughs> yeah exactly my 240 the first question i will answer is no it's not all the same color and uh, <laughs> i have an s13 got a hatchback with an sr20 and that's the one that doesn't Ooh. run that was my daily for a while because i'm an idiot <laughs> and uh <laughs> That one stopped working right around when I became a stuntman. So I was like, you know what? I can now afford to buy something cooler. Um, at the time, Molly worked for Perrin, Perrin Performance, Subaru Tuners. 
And oh. uh, so I was like, hey, you guys should help me find a Subaru. So then I didn't say this part. I'm like, so if there's any like experimental parts or anything, you could just go ahead and <laughs> see if you like, maybe my car. Yeah. <laughs> and I gave them my budget. And they're like, you can't, afford one. you can't afford an SDI, Cyrus. Just buy a Corvette. I was like, that's the weirdest sentence I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> and so I Googled it. And a week later, I bought a Corvette because it was cheaper than nice. an SDI. So I've got nice. a C6. Oh, sweet. all right. Those, Those are, are solid. Cool. Manual. And I love her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My friend had one. That was beautiful. It's Feels so, so low. That's cool. And it, yeah, go ahead. I apologize. You go ahead, dude. No, no, no. Uh, I, was, I was probably going to trail off, so go ahead. And... <laughs> I mean, I was going to like kind of yeah follow up anyway, so go ahead. Uh, I've, uh, I've tossed around a C6 a lot myself, but I wanted to ask... Uh, if you've like autocrossed it, uh, if you've done any kind of uh, competitive events with your Corvette, I have not. I've actually only I've been on a track once and done autocross once, as well, and neither of them were my Cyrus car. Cross. Cyrus Cross. My friends used to tell me I had to have two kids named Otto and Rally. <laughs> that would be sick. <laughs> That's so cool. That's, you have like a stage name. It's it's awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it's super funny. It was not. Oops. Oh, that was me. We got we got That's some me. music. We got we got unexpected tunes. Yeah. Those are sometimes <laughs> the best tunes. That was weird. <laughs> That's YouTube YouTube randomly unexpected. played. Um, but yes, continue. Do you have a, a dream car? Oh Science. man, I'm I'm a a product of Gran Turismo. I would eventually love an S15 and an R34. Okay. Hell yeah! Okay. Still in love with both of them. They're going to be so expensive in the future. I know, every it's year. so sad. Just every year. <laughs> Dude, we like have any, rent- anything with a combustion engine is going to be super expensive. Oh, true. Especially a choice one like that. Indeed. We have re- Rent JDM here in Vegas. We can rent uh, right-hand drive GTR R34, R33, R32, even like Cappuccino, Suzuki Cappuccinos, K-Cars, all kinds of cool stuff. Shout-outs to rent jdm hook me up guys uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's actually super cool yeah if you're ever in vegas uh, but sorry sorry so you have a um do you have your r34 uh dream car narrowed down to like specifically is it like a gts is it a gtr is it a mines gtr oh my god the mines oh mines is awesome uh, that one's amazing i still remember watching that uh was that on best motoring or or I think it was it was Arito and Suchia yeah. testing it out. He's like, I feel like I'm doing a wheelie. <laughs> they I just, said this this car is too fast. <laughs> yeah, for, it, for it needs to be V spec too. Yeah, um, and it's got to be too, dude. Bayside blue. I love the Z tunes. Z tunes my ultimate dream. R three four. Man, there's so many additions. The Z tune. I remember seeing a and video the, of it in Australia where it just opened up on the freeway and it was just, yeah, uh, I, I became a man that day. <laughs> <laughs> it's glorious. <laughs> but uh, how's the car culture in Portland? I've heard, I know another, so a GT Planet mod lives in Portland and he's always oh. complained about the car culture. I guess they don't fix the streets very much no. and all that. <laughs> streets are destroyed. So it snows like two days out of the year every other year and people have their studs on for six months at a time. Oh. And oh. so the roads are terrible. Just terrible. Um, rally. Right? Yep. <laughs> there are, there's actually, I mean, they do amateur rally at, at PIR, which is cool. I want to get into that. Um, 
I think that I, I feel like there's like a a sampling of every car culture around here, but there used to be a really big underground drift scene like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I was I knew a couple guys that were heavily into it, and uh, yeah, it was way before drifting got big, and I was in love with it, and I didn't even have a car that could reliably get me from point A to point B, so I was never I never did any of that. But yeah, I. My friends would always go to the the secret spots and <coughs> excuse me, come back with the worst recorded videos on their old like <laughs> like on a VHS camcorder because it was two thousand one, two thousand two. Mm-hmm. Um, but besides that, there's yeah, there's just every little bit. There's um, Corksport is up here, which is like a a world famous rotary tuner, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard of them. And then mm-hmm. Perrin's here. There's a place that used to be called PSI that would that would tune a bunch of like um a lot of the cars you see blowing up on on youtube i mean literally and figuratively like (laughs) the zero to three hundred like zero to two hundred cars and then i think one of them famously blew up in texas or something a couple years ago Hmm. yeah interesting do you find uh do you do you go out uh, into the wilderness of um you know oregon washington at all i do not i'm a so I've had asthma my entire life. Being outside is usually a death sentence to me. Oh, <laughs> which is hilarious. Being up here, I like I never I never do anything outdoorsy. Okay, okay. Well, you're which not I'm... alone, my friend. Perfect. Um, yeah, I just hurt my ankle last weekend doing uh, outdoorsy sucks. stuff. <laughs> no. Yeah, I was out at Red Rock. Are the worst. Yeah, Red Rock has a lot of rocks, and uh, you can get your foot stuck between them and fall forward and your ankle does weird stuff and i'm on, now i'm on crutches Oof. you really yeah so i'm gonna um go into teacher cyrus mode and Sweet. yeah i was gonna this is us I, I was hoping for this is <laughs> hey tristan make sure you get cyrus i fucked on my ankle so I <laughs> 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 exactly. the clan comes together <laughs> <laughs> so ankle stuff is really crazy because like uh your muscles that work in coordination with your ankle in your your butt region just turn off when your ankles get messed up and they don't turn back on by themselves so do some pt seek out pt once it's healed because i started with an ankle injury and then had a litany of injuries over the past 15 20 years that were incredibly hard to to figure out and my wife had an ankle injury. Ankle injuries mess you up for a very long time if you don't get ahead of them. But if you get ahead of them, you're going to be fine. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate that. I was, yeah, I was going to ask you about, because I've been doing a lot of rehab already because I've read that it's good to kind of start it going early and, yeah. make, and it makes a healing process happen. And uh, thankfully, I was doing PT already before this accident for climbing, for rock climbing, and I was getting my arm because I had a problem with chronic pain in my arm, which I have just barely started f- making better. So thankfully, I have like a bunch of resistance bands and all this stuff. Good. So oh, great. I should I should be all right. And it's kind of fun. I kind of see my body like a race car, sort of. Yeah. Or, I mean, like a little tin top in the back of a garage in England or something. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's performance based, and I'm trying to make sure that I take care of my uh, my joints and all that. So yeah, thanks. That's awesome. Did you That's- tear something in your ankle? I don't know yet. Swelling's still swelling just started really going down, so I'm gonna go for an MRI. MRI probably next week. Hope 
They didn't see anything acute, though, when I did an x-ray. Good. So, could have been worse, for sure. Good. Yeah, get in front of that stuff, because it's crazy how that stuff compounds. I've had far too many injuries over the past 20 years. If it's okay for me to ask, what's maybe not the worst injury, but what's the most interesting injury? Hmm. Oh, man. I've had so many interesting ones specifically. Uh, The most recent one I'm dealing with was I thought that... Excuse me. So I thought I dislocated my fibula, my left leg. Um, I did. I was doing a really stupid trick that I shouldn't be doing, and... uh, I essentially jumped off my left foot and then did two horizontal spins and I was going to land back on my left foot and then try to do that again. Oh, is that all? Oh. And uh, <laughs> I landed short. And so, and when I, I hit the ground, my foot hit and I don't have a lot of dorsiflexion in my ankle. So my toes don't go towards my shin very well because I have massive bone spurs in there. Mm-hmm. And so the energy had to go somewhere and my fibula made this popping noise and then it had swollen up and... The reason I thought it had popped out then is because it had popped out in the past and a chiropractor fixed me up. And uh, so I assumed that it had popped out. So I, I waited a, a couple months before doing anything and slowly did the did what I was supposed to to get back. I did what I was supposed to to fix that specific issue. I had to keep popping it back in myself or what I thought was popping it back in. And um, I started getting this really weird pain pretty much every time I'd go up or down stairs in my inner knee and so I thought they were connected so I went to the doctor got x-rays and the x-rays were inconclusive because it just looked weird so I got an MRI and the MRIs were still super inconclusive and then talking to the doctors we're pretty sure that I didn't dislocate it but I broke it down the center so like split it but then it healed split and Mm. so like I now have two like fibular heads on the top and then you can see the muscles diverging towards the center but it's all good now luckily and it turns out the inner knee pain was completely unrelated so that's fixed too oh that's good yeah so it was all a weird journey to figure out that i had healed on my own and then the other thing was just me being dumb and sitting too much (laughs) today i learned that cyrus is more human than human (laughs) (laughs) meta meta human (laughs) that's amazing that's incredible what the the human body can do uh, when left to its own devices. Right? Yeah, it fully. It seems to have fully healed, just split. Wicked. Sim racing is the worst thing in, t- in the entire world for um for wanting to be a tricker, by the way, or do martial arts. Why is that? So you should not be sitting down for more than fifteen to twenty minutes at a time for your oh, back health. Oh yeah. And there are so many things that. Like that can go wrong with sitting down too much, especially sitting in like a specific position. Pretty much the position of, of sim racing is opposite of the position I need to be in, but because I do so much sim racing yeah. and sitting down in general, I have to do so much, so much, I guess not. it's not PT, but like preventative work. Mm-hmm. Gosh, hmm. I'd, uh, there, I'd love to pick your, your brain. Uh, maybe we don't have to do it here, but... Um regarding exactly that and the type of exercises you do i I bet i there would be a lot of people who'd be interested to hear that because you know like i like to think i'm not in terrible shape but when you're sitting down 
casting and streaming and sim racing for so many hours of every day you know i put my hands like rubbing like my neck behind my head and i can feel a couple of the vertebrae like protruding yeah and a few years ago they didn't protrude so that really worries me uh anyway i just want to get across uh that i know that stuff's important and i'm totally ignorant to what i should be doing it's i mean like i've spent so much of my life trying to figure out what i should be doing i still am not 100 percent sure so you're not alone in that either there's yeah i've yeah (laughs) there's so much but the main thing is that i can tell you is there's this rule there's a there's a guy who wrote this book really interesting book called becoming a supple leopard i can't remember his name but he has a, a general rule that for every 15 minutes that you sit down you have to do two minutes of corrective stretching Wow. Okay. F- every 15 minutes that you're sitting down. And so if you think about your sim racing practice at the end of that, how long you have to be doing um, uh, hip flexor stretches, it's crazy. Let's so, see. So if that's eight minutes an hour <laughs> times six is 48 minutes of stretching. Can I just lump it all into the very end, or do I have to break it out every 15 minutes? So the best thing to do would be standing up like once every 45 minutes. That's what my coach suggested when I had a coach. Okay. And uh, even if you stand up for like a minute at a time and then go through some basic hip stretches, that's way better than than sitting down the whole time and then trying to figure it out at the end. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, he's back. Lost you for a second. There we, you're back. You're good. Oh, I've, I've arrived. <laughs> Um, so it's, yeah. You're in the middle of uh, stand-up stretches. Essentially, every 45 minutes you should be standing up when you're practicing your sim racing for a couple minutes at a time and stretching during that time. It's infinitely better than trying to lump it all in at the end. Makes yeah. sense. It's probably good for performance in the sim as well because I've noticed that if I kind of break it up and like if I'm really trying to hit a time trial hard, it's been a while since that's been the case, but... I would try to break it up. I would do the, like the Pomodoro method, which is something like 30 minutes on, 15 minutes off. Yeah. Um, I just heard thing. about that. Yeah. So I was thinking of it in more of a like brain sense, not so much physical. Um, but for the physical stuff, off, it, I mean, you'll feel more refreshed if you kind of just stand up, turn a pit stop into a stand-up rest, which sounds kind of counterintuitive, but ends up actually helping you because... Yeah, you you need it until the sim racing market catches up with like ergonomic racing chairs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to take it upon ourselves to do all of that we can. And I've actually you know, take it from the old guys. This is the old guys to young guys <laughs> segment of the podcast. <laughs> um, I've had problems with my arm that I've tried to you know blame on all kinds of different things. Like we've been pulling our heads out. Our, ha- our hair is out trying to figure out like is it you using a mouse is it you like is your is there arm pain because you're you know like slapping yourself in the arm in your sleep like we don't understand what it is oh damn and so then how I finally... did they know that i do that? <laughs> <laughs> exactly <It's> amazing <laughs> and uh I, it was my chair i realized it was my stupid cheap ass bucket seat that doesn't mm-hmm. have hardly any um padding left anymore so i got some you know for now i just got some pads uh from like AutoZone to put in my chair but i noticed this the most when i went to my friend's house to use his rig and he had like a really nice plushy uh sim racing seat and uh, i didn't have the arm pain because on my rig i would be racing for like 30 minutes and my arm would start hurting and it would mm. start affecting me you know i'd 
you got to focus you know racing and sim racing is all about ultimate focus right so mm-hmm. if i'm kind of hooked i'm kind of diverting diverting my attention to my uh painful arm that's kind of messed me up so i'm fixing that now there you go yeah, yeah. Th- it's crazy how a lack of padding or like the slight like a slight just a slight little uh like elevation i had i had crazy neck issues when i first started streaming like six months into it and i found that i didn't realize it but my chair was halfway up on my rug and just that enough like that was enough to make me tilt my head like Mm -hmm. a centimeter which compounded and compounded and compounded and i started having nerve issues in my Mm -hmm. left arm because of my neck and totally the, the instant that i moved it off the rug completely went away that's can you paint that picture again for me or a little diff- more. So I had, I was on a, um, I was streaming from my living room, and I was on my chair that I'd sit in was, um, it was halfway on the rug, so two of the, oh, two of so you're angled, yeah, so it was angled, yeah. and so my head was tilted just, just slightly, and I started having, I, I had hurt my neck, like ten years before, and I had some, some nerve issues at the time, but it, it went away after about two weeks but they came back full force after streaming for six months. And then I, I discovered that it was my chair. And the day that I that I moved it off the rug, it all went away. Hmm. I believe it. It's craziness. It's amazing how just a slight asymmetry over a long period of time can wreak havoc to all of those sinewy muscles that hold the vertebrae exactly so. Absolutely. It's annoying. Yeah. Stupid yeah. body. Why are, we, why are we so <laughs> fragile? Come on. <laughs> Why you got to do so much for us? And then just the one time I screw up and you got to let me know that you're hurting. It's done. Dude, uh, you're I fired. Want some, I want some inversion, uh, inversion straps. Yeah. Those uh, inversion is supposed to be really good for everything. So it's like a pretty much just hold you upside down against the wall or yeah. like on a pull-up bar kind of situation. It's pretty cool. I'm hearing really a lot of good stuff about that. So, I'm going bat style eventually. <laughs> Imagine hanging awesome upside thing. down. Well, uh, Ed, if you if you ever um, feel like you're you need some extra motivation any day, just don't forget that you have a rolled up poster of me in your closet. Ooh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like I have another new customer. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we'll talk after this real quick. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Free free shipping on all orders over forty dollars. <laughs> the plug, perfect. Yep. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, uh, Cyrus, uh, a little bit back to Gran Turismo. I'm I'm wondering how your 2020 season went. Oh man, um, <clears throat> man, I was struggling before and into the the season. Felt like I was not getting getting better whatsoever, and I. I definitely had some equipment issues that I didn't know about. And uh, when I fixed my main equipment issue, things started getting much, much better. And, uh, yeah, I started performing way better than I than I had. What was this issue that you discovered? So I bought this TV specifically for streaming and, and racing because mm-hmm. I, I found on this website that it had the, the very smallest amount of um, input lag it's not input lag. It's the other lag. Display like, lag. Dis- display latency. Yeah. It was the, the least amount of <clears throat> display lag that you could get in a TV. And uh, so I bought it, set it up, and like I always do, I didn't read the instruction manual. 
and uh, <laughs> I found out pretty much a year later that I did not have it on the correct game mode. <laughs> so rather than 14, uh, 14 milliseconds, it was at, what is it, 60? Oh, goodness. I was racing for a year on 60 mil- millisecond input lag or uh, display lag. Excuses, excuses. <laughs> right? And so, like, I was like, this... So, I'd, I'd had... A few times I'd had equipment issues that I'd blamed for other really big things, such as not getting into GT Academy 2015. Um, and I'd fixed all of those right as I got the TV, and then nothing got better. And, like, it is just... I guess it's just me. <laughs> I gotta figure this out. And so I just kept training and training and training. And and then I remember one day I'd seen a video to double... I wanted to double-check that it really had the latency that was advertised and i realized that there's so it's a, it's a samsung oled and it has a game mode but then there's a hidden game mode within the game mode to turn <laughs> off some more fancy features which really puts it at 14 and um i remember it for whatever i, I remember it was uh, dragon trail gardens 2 and it was the night before the race that i discovered this and i think i was like I was like barely out of the top 10 for the the practice and then 5 5 to 10 minutes after changing to the true input lag I immediately took off two tenths and was well into the top 10 and then I had the best race that I'd ever ever had nice. the next day so I was like okay That's huge man here we Gosh, go I yeah. almost want to say I remember that being that was... like oh damn Cyrus is like third or something yeah. I, I forget but uh, I remember, I do remember there was some race, and I, I kind of want to say it was a gardens race where like you just appeared on the top ten. Yeah, it was, it was that was that was a it was a huge difference in, in performance. Like I was, I think I qualified second behind Outlaw. Lloyd's was behind me, and then I held him off until the very end, and I think I got third. That is, I think if anyone can hold off Lloyd's, it's like that's the year's accomplishments that, now, yeah. you know, in the pocket. That was the best feeling that I'd had in sim racing, I think, for years at that point. And then it was such, it was so good to know that it was just my equipment and I didn't just suck really bad forever. I, love I, was, it. I was really sad for a really long time leading up to that moment. And you kind of have to adjust because you kind of have like this sensibility of driving around that issue. And so you'll be yep, yep. quicker for like very, you know, obvious parts like turn in where it helps immediately, but then you still have to kind of get used to the exit and all that yeah. like optimizing. So it's wild. And, and that is a huge thing. I feel like a lot of people are really, um, it would be much more competitive if more people kind of didn't short themselves with situations right. like yours, which are yeah. pretty, I think, I feel like they're just very, it's ubiquitous. ubiquitous. That's work. a great question. How how would the competitive landscape change if everyone were, you know, if they gave a second thought or a little extra investigation into their uh, controller and, and monitor latency? Right. Yeah. Uh, it made a huge difference for me in a very similar way it did to you. So that's that's incredible and, and interesting to ponder. It's really interesting to think. And so I'd also thought about how the latency still really affects sim racing, but potentially slightly less than like with first-person shooters, it seems like, cause I've gone back, I went back to test it and it feels like your car is just softer because everything just kind of like responds slower. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a marshmallow input. Like yeah. the tire sod wall has a lot of flex yeah. to it or something. Yeah. Cause I, re- I remember the feeling it felt like I had unlocked a softer compound. Mm-hmm. 
It was interesting. It was a giveaway when uh, we all got together when I met Tristan at uh, regionals for in Vegas for the Nations Cup 2017, and uh, getting on the rigs. It was a giveaway if you were like if you said oh the physics are different it's like no actually that tells me that you have a shitty monitor at your right. home <laughs> right yeah oh, that's a good point that's interesting to think about yeah a few people I forget who said that exactly but I remember that was a, a common this theme guy among <laughs> I was like what there's no why is why am I not having the uh, oversteer exiting out of dragon trail chicane for <laughs> first corner to second <laughs> corner or whatever yeah. Those are some nice TVs. They hook it up, and they uh, when you race at yeah, the they, events, they're quite serious. I really liked the rigs for um, at GT Academy. That was the first time I'd use a wheel. Oh, those size. you had those like uh, circular ones, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those, those are cool. Those are cool. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and in GT Academy, you had a, it was kind of the first year where they introduced fitness events in the semis, right? Yeah. And you guys drove in uh, New York, that one track, I forget the name. Monte- Mon- Monticello, I think. Yeah. We thought we were going to Monticello, but we didn't. We ended so it was 2015? To... Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. But the funny thing is we all thought we were going there. So pretty much right. everyone, we got on the bus and we're like, all right, where do you guys, where do you think we're going? And it was like, Monticello, it's the only place that's close. <laughs> and uh, I was like, that's what I thought too. And then one of the camera guys was sitting like a couple seats ahead and he turns up on his camera, turns around and he goes, where do you guys think we're going? <laughs> and we're like, Wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess we're wrong. And so we're just driving around and then someone noticed it first. We go by this parking lot and there's these uh, GT Academy 370Zs. We're like, oh, sh- we're, we're doing autocross. Okay. And so we pulled in there and, that's, uh, and that was the first day. That was really exciting. I did not make it to uh, the finals for the fitness part, which mm. I'm I'm glad about because my asthma would make it really hilarious. Oh, yeah, Gosh. it would have been tough. I'm trying to think of um, there's there's got to be some like you know successful pro race car drivers who also have asthma. For sure. Um, hmm. There, I mean, there's asthmatics everywhere. I was like anaerobically pretty good shape at that time aerobically i had i did zero cardio and did nothing but tricking at that point when it came to working out and so i would have uh i would have gassed out real fun real fast hmm. that would have been hilarious hmm. the uh the autocrossing the the first day of gt academy yeah um how much time did you spend in the car so we did uh we got to do one um, just one lap around learning the, we actually, we got a track walk with Danny Sullivan, which was incredible. Mm-hmm. And then we, uh, did one, one lap to just, uh, learn it. And then we got two full speed runs after that. Hmm. And that was about it. Okay. Yeah. I remember, I remember Armin being real, real confident and real fast. Mm-hmm. And then, another friend that I met, Edgar. Are you guys familiar with Edgar? Edgar no. Lau? Oh, yeah, yeah. Edgar's cool. He's, he's world... It's cool following him on Facebook. Yeah, it is. He races, <laughs> like, in the Asian Le Mans series. Yeah. And then he's, like, That's always cool. just... He has racking up all the mileage going around the world. 
So I'm pretty sure like most of the international racing stuff he got into because of GT Academy. Yeah, it's like American nice. Idol effect. That's yeah. what they kept telling us. Yeah, absolutely. So like he he was a I believe he was an instructor in like at Laguna, and then afterwards uh, he ended up like racing on Jackie Chan's racing team and. That's so cool. Yeah. So oh, he was. Right. I think he was the fastest that day. Okay. And then that was the first time I'd ever driven a car, all out. Interesting. Yeah. What was your What was your impression? of the car the experience at your first time you know really driving like 10 tenths it was the first time out i was just scared i was afraid to push it because i was afraid that it wouldn't feel like (laughs) i was afraid it wouldn't feel like gran turismo and or the other sims i'd played at the time um Mm -hmm. and uh after the first run i i then went too hard but it was really interesting how pretty much everything that i'd done in sims did prepare me for that that moment there's obviously a huge gap that I had to had to um I guess cross to you know really understand what I was doing and I still don't think I understand what I'm doing in a, in a real car um but it was it was really eye-opening to see like how much I had learned from racing in, in sims and I was really happy with I think I was 15th out of 32 so I was really happy with okay my performance at that time and then I got addicted and now and I still haven't done much but I fell in love with it even more at that point. Hmm. Well, it made you certainly appear confident enough to take the wheel of uh, like a Winston Cup car for <laughs> a, a short film with some stunt buddies and get chased by a cop uh, who then arrests you hilariously as you uh, tried to goad him into you know doing some burnouts and uh, some tricks with his uh, Crown Vic. I thought that was, that was amazing. That was a, that was so that project is a. Uh... Yeah, that's another project that uh, helped me actually become a stuntman officially. Okay. When I uh, did that whole thing. So that whole thing was supposed to be... um, The whole project you're talking about was supposed to be a whole bunch of vignettes that looked like they were part of bigger projects. But the whole idea is we made it look like there were a whole bunch of big projects that we did, but we just filmed the specific parts for that larger uh, larger thing. But yeah, we... uh, I think that was also after... I got to drive on track one more time um, in 2015, and then we did that project. So I had a little bit more confidence after spending some time at PIR. And then, yeah, that I don't know anything about that car, except the guy who had it, he said, yeah, this is a NASCAR. I'm like, I don't think this is a NASCAR. I don't know. This thing, it had like, I think it was a Ford, but it had a Chevy motor. <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was definitely the fastest thing I'd ever driven. Probably still is. And, uh, yeah, so we just filmed a whole bunch of scenes of the, the cop chasing me and my friends, apparently <laughs> they, uh, just went to the police station They're like, Hey, so we're trying to film a thing and we, uh, we want to do some driving on the streets, but we don't know what we need to do, get permission. And they're like, Oh yeah, we got, we know right the guy. And so they, they went into this guy's office and he's got a whole bunch of movie posters. And he was like, I don't know what his position was at the police station. They told, they explained it to him. He's like, Oh yeah, I'll come supervise. So he showed up, and I was talking to him, like, so, like, I can just, I can just go all out? You don't care? He goes, yeah, yeah I'm here, it's fine. And so wow. I'm just, he told me I got up to 100 miles an hour, and these are all back roads. <laughs> and, and, uh, it's close to Portland. Mm-hmm. Then we found out, five years later, when we befriended the sheriff of another town around here, he's like, yeah, that's, that was really illegal. That guy, I would have fired him if, if that was his boss. 
We're like, incredible. oh, that's cool. It's a good thing another another copy was more responsible didn't happen upon that scene. Right. That could have been real bad. That yeah, or like an insurance adjuster. Yeah. <laughs> that's so that's so funny and that's amazing. Um, I want to comment one one thing that really impressed me was uh, the way you described how to drive a go kart um, because you. It, you might think that anyone off the street or anyone interested in cars might gravitate towards introducing a cart as like, oh, you just sit in it and you kind of toss it around and, uh, you know, the engine's back here and kind of give just sort of off-the-wall advice. It could be any kind of advice, but the advice you gave was just extremely clear. You said, uh, first of all, always have your mind on what the tires are doing. Always be mindful of what you're doing to the tires, first of all. And then second of all, think about the how your inputs are changing where the weight is, uh, how the weight is shifting from axle to axle and corner to corner. And those are like brilliant pieces of advice because if your mind is, is on that first and foremost, everything else is secondary because all of that secondary stuff, you know, spring rates, bar rates, gear ratios and stuff really only affect how the driver inputs into the vehicle and... Uh, how the driver inputs to the vehicle is is predicated really only on one thing, you know, your effect on the tires, right? Uh, and and where weight is being put to the tires. So I wanted to compliment you on that. That was uh, very coherent and useful. It is so fulfilling to hear that because after my friend who was who made the project was trying to get me to as quickly as I can for the soundbite describe how driving a cart can benefit someone trying to drive a real car. And I was like, I'm going to do my best. I don't know. I, I'm like, I, I taught myself all this stuff. So I don't know if I'm even correct. So I was embarrassed. I was literally shy to say all those things on camera. So it's incredibly fulfilling to hear you say that I am, that it was a, a good description. Cool. Well, I, I really think so. That's awesome. Um, Thanks, man. And the, the carting part. So I don't, like, I think you can see at least a couple of the shots. We, we borrowed a friend's camera van with uh it was one of those red cameras and with this huge this amazing van setup and so they just filmed me chasing the the van for a while i didn't i didn't know anything about the cart at the time my friend just bought it from somewhere they strapped a helmet on me they're like all right so you're gonna follow this car and this was also on just fully public roads there's traffic going the other way (laughs) and it wasn't until the first time that i got hit in the throat with a rock and then got distracted for a second and a car drove right by me that i was like i shouldn't be i shouldn't be doing this no one mm-hmm. should be doing this. And we fit, we finished it, and then I tried to slide it in the gravel a little bit. And uh, but afterwards, I'm like, yeah, I'm not ever doing that again. Throat, yeah, the that rock, was, that was messed up. That's amazing. Um, when uh, before before Grand Turismo, before all of that stuff, um, and uh, you were let's say a high schooler with a car. <laughs> um, were you were you particularly adventurous in your uh, automotive? I was because of my. My small group of friends and my upbringing. My friend, my friend David, who's one of the most impressive human beings in the entire world, um, he was a master of the e-brake slide, and he had the funniest car. He had a Chevy Corsica, which is hilarious. <laughs> oh, it's a nice. front-wheel drive family sedan, which is hilariously faster than everyone in high school that could afford to pretend to tune their Hondas. Mm-hmm. And so yep. he would mess with dudes all the time, coming out of school trying to race them, and then slide around a corner and yeah he taught me how to e-rake slide um which is around the time that i also fell in love with drifting and so we just go out everywhere we go out at midnight and just find spots to just slide around everywhere and dude you know what you used to do with uh front wheel drive cars the trays 
Yeah, <laughs> the fast food trays, man. We're like, we'd pull up to a Burger King and we'd be like, "All right, he's gonna do it. All right, I'll do it. Whatever." <laughs> and just go in. Like, I'm the I'm the awkward one that goes in. And it's like I make it obvious I'm doing something wrong. I'm like shifty, <laughs> moving around, walking up, grabbing the stuff, running out like a crackhead. But my one friend, he was just walking. Like there were like he's like, "Oh, I forgot my trays." You know, not say a thing, just walk out with him. Beautiful. Just so charismatic. We would, dude, we would destroy those things so fast. So fast. My friend had a Honda Prelude, and we would get like maybe two decent slides, and then we're like, all right, swap out the trays. (laughs) (laughs) The tray pit stop. I remember you'd you'd reverse over them. You'd have to hear that crack so it breaks the lip in the front. Oh, yeah. Oh, we got them. E break up and go. That was so much fun. I think we just found this. We stumbled upon the billion dollar idea. We could outdo Elon Musk. We just got to engineer <laughs> fun trades fun that last a long time. Yes. We're going to send your fast food trade to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> Strap in. And, and luckily, so the, the thing about Portland is it saves tires with the rain. Nine months of rain. Oh, yeah. That's a lot. That's true. Nine months of rain, and then you know, it, it maybe you save the tires, but all the wheels oh, get yeah. destroyed by. Ex- oh yeah. <laughs> we uh, so Nick lived forty-five minutes south of me. Oh cool. Um, there were two dudes my year from the Portland metro area. There were three, I think, Nick's year. I think every single year there was someone from the Portland area in GT Academy. And uh, huh. Nick made the joke during the one of the races that we have to dodge slow drivers in the rain so we in order <laughs> to survive up here you have to have it wow slightly better driving skills that's a good point that is interesting that's uh that's something worthy of forensic so. investigation hmm. and then there's the new segment beefing it with road beef <laughs> so gran turismo yes. beefs Ooh. are there any have there been any yeah, we drama and it, it, we we got to find out, man. We got to pry a little bit. We it, we don't want to talk ill will about people, but uh, <laughs> you know, uh, if if we want to if we want to make it sound a little bit nicer, then perhaps we can rephrase the question. Um, uh, tell us about rivalries that you have. Some some healthy competition. Um, who who would you say you found yourself uh, along with? Uh, it sounds like Erky. How how uh, who were you most um, embroiled with in combat? Man, so on? I can't even say Ethan Lim because Ethan just goes around and messes around and beats me. We're always really close in the, the championship. <laughs> he got fast. Yeah, yeah. He's he he'll I'll be sitting there practicing for two hours and he'll be like, I guess I'll do this and he'll beat me. I'm like, thanks, Ethan. Thanks, <laughs> child. Um, Erky and I are always really really close. Um. Whenever there's a qualifying session, we're almost always like right next to each other. Every time I was, we're like twins. Um, I don't even know. I always, I've, I've always felt so like ever since I started trying, like trying hard and streaming to compete, I've always felt slightly out of place. Like I've, I've always got that imposter syndrome going on, because I, I knew so little about the world when I dove in, and uh, like I mean, I still find myself learning things about the meta that I feel like I should have known for years. To be honest, I always feel like I'm kind of... I feel like I'm just chasing everyone. 
Well, I mean, if you wanted to be up to date with the meta, you'd have to join like uh, one of the GT fam WhatsApp groups. But then you're going to have like 400 messages yeah. you need to read every day. So it, it's it's a little bit. I of think give and I take. really lucked out because I'm streaming, and so many people either want to flex their yeah. knowledge as much as other people want to actually genuinely help. But I right. I definitely wouldn't have reached you know, the point that I'm at right now without the fact that I'm streaming, which is interesting to think about. Dude, I was streaming Project Cars one when it was first oh. out. And this, you know, pretty normal stream night. People, I, I don't know. I, I feel like the the juiciest times to stream are when game new games come out, right? Obviously, yeah. people want to check out what's going on with the new game. I did I did it for a set of Corsa, uh, a competizione on the PS4 in that release, and that was fun. But um, for Project Cars One, what happened was it's just funny because what you said reminded me of this. A guy came into the stream and was like trying to coach me. And I definitely needed the help because I had a lot of bad habits that I carried over from GT Sport or GT. And um, he just kept very bluntly being like, why are you trying to break and gas at the same time? <laughs> or like, why, you know, why are you so, you know, waiting? Why don't you wait for your tires to point straight? Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, damn, I, I, you're right, but I hate yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, the back seating is super annoying. I actually just last week added no back seating <laughs> in my stream Oh, tags. nice. Disclaimer. It's it's also let's see that's the moment. It's been some of the funniest moments though. Like so, I dabbled in, in before I hit up Twitch. I was on YouTube like off and on for like a year, and uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> I still remember the day one kid's like, "So my driving instructor said that you need to have your hands at ten and two, <laughs> and I think it's going to make you faster." <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "My driving instructor." <laughs> uh, like this little slightly different co- uh, concepts. He would not leave it alone to the point that he never came back when I told him I'm not going to put my hands at ten and two. Like, dude, oh, my saying my driving instructor is a funny way to say my mom. <laughs> mom, I mean, my driving instructor said, <laughs> you got to look both ways. I'm asking for a friend. Yeah. 10 and 2. You know, 10 and 2 is, I mean, it's like, we. for a drifter, more than anyone, you know that, like, oh, the yeah. shuffle is the only way. Um, you know, because if you've got 10 at 2 or 9 at 3, it's like, well, you're going to cross your arms, and that's 180 degrees of wheel travel, and now you've got to do mm-hmm. something if you need more lock. It's all about, you know, just adaptation. It's it's funny how much we flail our arms around when we're oh, really yeah. going at it. I was just watching yeah. the video you shared, and I was uh, noticing how much you were moving the wheel around. I was like, okay, good. That's something that <laughs> I do. And if he does it, then that's probably oh. correct. You mean like my constant micro uh, yes. uh, corrections? Yeah, I've, that's I've always driven like that, and I've tried to change it a few times, but um, I can't. You, you know, go. I got to be me. That's that's just that's you know just what my how theory I drive. is for and, that is just like watching a lot of onboards of Senna and F one, and like just watching the way they have to drive these cars, and you're just like trying to you're sort of yeah like copying that a little i mean for me at least sometimes it makes me feel cooler if i'm kind of doing that i feel like i'm constant like if i'm not constantly searching for the grip then i'm losing out mm-hmm. which has also made me hmm. just do hilarious things yeah yeah it's it's maybe a driving style that is uh almost built for the exploration of go. the envelope um and and once we find the envelope then it's like the job we have to do is uh refining to uh, remove as many of those micro um, corrections as possible, so we've got a consistent mm-hmm. uh, input schedule. Let's call it um, to uh, 
you know, uh, go a race distance as fast as possible. Uh, and you can, what strikes me is, is fast guys who are never making those corrections. And, and one person in particular comes to mind and that's right. Lloyd's. Lloyd's is, is like crazy fast and, uh, and he streams, you know, with a camera facing him in the yeah. wheel so you can see what he's doing. And he is doing like the smoothest, simplest inputs you've ever seen. And I can't see his foot cam, so I don't know exactly how manic he is on the pedals, but uh, or smooth on the pedals. Um, but that guy is always, always top ten, always in the fight for a race, and uh, looks like he's he could. It looks yeah. like almost minimum effort. I don't, I don't want to make it sound like I'm talking down about it, but it looks so. That's the biggest offer you can give someone, if you ask me. That it looks like they're not, they're doing vi- the the very least amount of work with the most effective technique. Mm-hmm. Right. When it's, it's like a, that, that weird paradox that if it looks slow, yeah. it's probably fast. Absolutely. That happens in tricking too. And martial arts in general. Yeah. Being loose. Just that it, it less spectacular or something or, or something that's just a little, do you mean it's, it, is it like a, a parallel to how polished yeah, one's It's, yeah, it's about are? doing absolutely nothing unnecessary. Just 100%, just as close to 100% efficiency as possible. That's actually, that was like Bruce mm-hmm. Lee's main thing. Strip away all the un- unnecessary BS. You shouldn't constantly be building your knowledge base, but stripping away parts of your knowledge base that are useless. And same with the mm-hmm. actual physical technique. That makes sense. Um, I think about something... Maybe he wasn't the first person to say it, but Elon Musk, when he talks about engineering rockets and engineering things in general, uh, he's, he it was from him that I heard this like uh, engineer's fallacy, um, where uh, a good engineer doesn't matter that they're good and they're smart mm-hmm. and they can apply themselves if they're optimizing uh, something that shouldn't exist in the first place, then they're just yeah. spinning their wheels. You know, like why are we why optimize a solid rocket booster that you can't um, that you have to expend, you know, or fuel tank for the space shuttle that is just going to burn up in the atmosphere that costs who knows how many million dollars to make? Uh, why not try to make it reusable? Or you know, that's a very simple and almost blunt example. But um, uh, your comment on removing uh, as much unnecessary movement or knowledge as you can. Uh, feels like a good mo with which to approach uh, sort of any problem from a basic standpoint, from the initial yeah, I think so. standpoint. That's an interesting thing. I'd never heard about. I never heard that quote from him. Yeah, you can waste a lot of time uh, training the wrong way or or seeking the wrong sort of development. So it's it's the key aspect. It's kind of trying to like reinvent yourself uh, see what you can do better and stimulate yourself and by approaching your progress in different ways sure deliberate training yeah funneling your talent deliberate into deliberate areas that actually will help you in the future it's all very vague though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's interesting how a car's position and vector and uh direction are kind of like the sum total of a person's mental awareness, acuity, and mood, as well as their body language, like all melded into one. 
almost like, you know, if I miss this chicane, it's because I had a traumatic incident in my youth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Damn. The deep dive into the psyche of the racing driver. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> explains why oh, I, I crash all the time. time. Damn. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Me too. Damn it, Grandma. You didn't give me the right present for Christmas when I was seven. And now I'm just flying into the, you know, the desk again. It's your just fault. call up an old relative. The trauma that you gave me at 12 has yep. resulted in me losing this race. And I'll never Thanks, forgive Grandma. you. Thanks, Grandma. That's funny. Oh, man. Um, I, have a, I have a couple of uh, further Gran Turismo questions for you if, um, if you uh, would like to hear them. Do you have, of all Gran Turismo titles, a favorite oh, man. track? It's always I get asked that a lot, and I'd have to say it's between Trial Mountain and Deep Forest. I think it's just because I've spent so much time there. Really, like two yeah. of the most OG tracks. I mean, we're getting it back a different version, but in GTA, yeah, Trial Mountain. Mm-hmm. But I hope know. we see Deep Forest, and it's not too different. It's tilked out, tilked out, tilked out. Same. Ugh. Yeah. Reminds me of. <laughs> Uh, the current drama surrounding Inter- Interlagos. Oh, about how they want yeah. to build a track in uh, yeah. where Jacques Interlagos Propago is my current favorite track. Oh, nice! Yeah, I love that. Track. It. It's such a beautiful track. The track limits are kind of lame. Yeah, GT Sport, especially for stiff, you know, GT threes or whatever that run on them. Was it, you know? Or it's way worse. You're running over these crazy big curbs and stuff. The original version from the 70s is wild. Um, how it's it's got like this huge bowl oval that then doubles back on itself on the inside like I don't twice. Think I've seen it. I think the original length for like 70s was yeah. you know, like two and a half times the current I'm length. I'm Googling it right yeah. now because I have to see it. Oh, wow. So, like 19. Hey. Isn't, isn't it ridiculous? I want to drive dude? that one. It was a, it was a long lap. <laughs> I I bet there's a mod for oh, yeah. a set of Corsa, and at the very least, if you can't find it, you'll just have to get R Factor because I'm sure because that's where uh, I last drove it. Yeah, I uh, I have to drive that now. All right, <laughs> yeah. found one. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> of course. Yeah, they really chopped it oh, down. And Laguna Seca's old layout was also it wasn't like much longer. I think it was actually shorter, but it was way faster. It, it was. Yeah, it was like an oval with just oh, I didn't know that either. Kinda. Yeah, uh, turn two, where it turns hard left and kind of goes to the infield, and you go under the Cooper Tire Bridge or whatever. Um, like uh, turns three, four, three and four oh. didn't exist, and that was all just infield. And turn two used to be almost kind of like a quasi banked fast left hander that was like thirty or forty degrees in radius, um, and you'd just be flat out heading up to turn six. Um, you know, which is the quick kink uh, under the bridge to the left. So it, it was a much more dangerous wow. track back in the day. So you can fly off freaking into the ocean. You're going <laughs> right. so fast. Monterey. Yeah. There's a good aquarium down there. Yeah, there is. Aquariums are cool. There's good crab and lobster as well. Oh, Do you have man. a favorite food, Cyrus? Oh, man. That's a hard one. A hard question. <laughs> do, you, a, do you ever eat a loaded potato? Do you ever question? eat on stream? Yes. I, in fact, it's become a it's become a ritual that I have to have one uncrustable on stream at least. Oh, that's cool. 
sponsor. Yeah, right. <laughs> Shout out. They're so good. It's the perfect stream snack. You go and you take a break, take it from the freezer, you put it in your pocket. Do your stretch. Do your stretch, exactly. 20 minutes later, the heat from your legs will have thawed it just enough to eat. Perfect stream snack. What? I have to say ramen oh or pizza are my favorite foods, by the way. Oh, ramen. ramen. Okay. I'm so, so obsessed with ramen. I imagine you concoct your own ramen, or are you a uh, like a quick brew so package? Ramen? I'm in the middle because I've I never cooked much in my life until like two years ago, and so like I'm trying to learn how to cook more complex things. But the first time I looked up nice. how to make ramen, it's an entire day investment. The broth, yeah, yeah. the broth is yeah. real. You, you don't mess around with ramen broth. So, uh, my wife and I have just tried to go to every single ramen restaurant in town. But uh, there's a frozen ramen from Costco, Ooh. and it is just as good as restaurant ramen. And really? I know that's quite the claim. Hmm. It is just as good, if not better, than some of the restaurant. It. I'm actually going to Yeah, it makes think, so much sense. I think wifey is going to go I shopping to find, at I'm Costco I'm going to find tomorrow. the name of it right now. Because it makes sense. I've, I have seen, I've noticed an increase in like more fancy ramen packs yeah. and kits. So, But that seems like the ultimate solution. It is. I wrote down Costco frozen ramen and I circled it. That's how. Ajinomoto. There it is. Ajinomoto. A J I. Please. N O M O T O. You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, it's totally coming up on ramen season, you know? It's like chilly. It's getting chillier. Yep. I'm, I uh, fully blame Nardo for the fact that there are tons of ramen. Uh, restaurants <laughs> yeah. now, because when I was in high school, there were not ramen restaurants around anywhere. Right there are, there are two within uh, walking distance now of me. So good, and it's extremely dude. It is the it is the best post hike. Oh food. yeah, because you're especially yeah. if you're just drinking water and not really replenishing on electrolytes and stuff. You have a badass soup of ramen after. A long day of just doing anything, really. Uh, it's amazing. Recharge. It feels like a recharge. I feel like a video game character getting right? a HP <laughs> recharge. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've got a, a great Vietnamese uh, pho restaurant um, just up the street from me. Oh, love that. I'm so getting so good. hungry. Man, it's tasty. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I, I don't eat at night anymore. It's tough. <laughs> that is tough. Uh, let's see. Oh, man. Favorite movie. Or... Or candidates oh for favorite. Oh my gosh, movie. I have a few. So, the reason that I am a stuntman is because I watched nothing but kung fu martial art movies when I was younger. And there's um, there's a select few. There's a period of Jackie Chan's life where he was way too crazy with the stunts that he did. Um, and then a couple movies after that that inspired the hell out of me. And one movie in particular that got me to finally get up and pursue the dream. Um, so there's a movie called Ong Bak. It's from, oh, yeah. That. So if you've seen that one, it's incredible. Um, the guy's name is Tony Jaw. He's, uh, most recently been in one of the Fast and Furious movies, but, um, Tony mm-hmm. Jaw's stunts rival Jackie Chan's. Um, so there's also another movie that he was in called The Protector, which was, uh, uh, shortly, it was in early 2000s as well. Uh, Police Story which is one of Jackie Chan's um, late 80s or early 90s movies. 
and then in, the car had a ton of cool car stuff. Oh in yeah. Is is that the one where he did a, a standing three sixty in a white? That Evo? is who am I? And that okay. is so that's so. Police Story is they didn't market it as much in the United States, but all of the movies that Jackie Chan made in the early nineties were one series of movies. They're all sequels to each other, and so Police Story, Police oh, Story cool. Two, um, uh, Operation Condor, um, what was it First Strike? Anyway, so yeah, that. All of those movies have some of the most insane stunts that have ever been put in movies. So I'd say Police Story, um, probably Police Story 2, Ong Bak, and then a really crazy Jackie Chan movie from 1985 called Wheels on Meals, which was <laughs> Jackie Chan and a guy named Yuen Biao, who didn't really become famous in America, um, and then Sammo Hung, which... Sam. You guys probably recognize him because he was on TV a lot in the 90s. Um, mm. They mm. grew up together. And uh, so they moved a lot of movies together. But in Wheels on Meals, they are two brothers who um, are helping some... I can't remember much about the girl, but what I do remember is the stunts were insane. And they also had a Mitsubishi van that was bright yellow that was their... Um, oh, what's it called? My brain's, My brain stopped. Uh, getaway. It was it happens a, to me a all the time. Rest, movable. It was a portable restaurant. Uh, it's like oh, a. Food it was truck. a food truck. Thank you. <laughs> and there. they <laughs> they drifted the food truck around, and the the stunts what? were even the like the small stunts they did. One of the one of the gags that they did at the beginning of the movie was Jackie Chan jumped off of a second floor balcony onto um is it an awning like the soft. Oh yeah soft like uh my brain just stopped working just suddenly i apologize no okay yeah he fell like through three of so, them didn't well he? that was another movie where he almost died oh, okay he he okay. bounces off of this one <laughs> and then you and biao hat tries to jump in and follow him but they move the awning and so the dude falls 20 feet and then slips on his heels and falls on his butt oh. and knowing what i know about Ouch. hong kong movies hong kong stunt movies in the 80s he most likely had like two inches of padding over his tailbone and the rest of it was guts and skill and so like that's how they started the movie like the stuff like wow. every scene in that movie you could not film in america right now i haven't seen that one i gotta check wow. it out it looks so fun just watching the different it still it was supposed it. to be called meals on wheels but the last time that company produced a jackie chan movie that started with an m they lost millions of dollars so for no an reason m? they just switched the they just it's yeah hilarious. <laughs> so it's called Wheels on Meals. <laughs> no, 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 guys. I figured out. Uh, I know why the last movie didn't do well. Check it out. It's the M. <laughs> so oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, pretty much all of my favorite movies are, are, are movies that have just stupid stunts that inspired me when I was younger. The Jackie Chan movie I grew up with was Brooklyn, um, right, Bronx, Rumble in the Bronx. That was such a good one. Dude, his jump across the garage from one parking oh. garage into like a fire escape, insane. He broke his ankle on that one. Yeah. And oh, then God. he had to spray paint a shoe on his sock over a cast to film the rest of the stunts. <laughs> He's so wow. ridiculously oh, hardcore, man. Don't, uh, if you want to forever like respect Jackie Chan, don't read his new biography. Oh, yeah. It's just like, is he kind of like pro party? So stuff? if you don't know much about 
like the rumors of Jackie Chan, he's been rumored to be just a terrible person forever. And in his latest autobiography from like two years ago, he admitted to everything. Whoa! Oh, like man. as much interesting. As, does he? Does he? As much as I'm like sorry, even child abuse. Like he got pissed off at his kid and threw him across the room when he was like three. That kind of stuff. Wow! So he's being completely vulnerable completely with, with the yeah. The book. I mean, that's respectable in, in one sense, but it's also like, wow, you got to take a step back as well and digest. Absolutely. Yeah, that's. I mean, admitting and, and revealing is one thing. Does he express I any kind of it. remorse? It's or tough. Growth? It's oh, tough really? to read, dude. Okay. Gosh. Well, I'll give it a read too. That sounds actually it yeah. for nothing else really. It's interesting. absolutely. It's super interesting. And there was also that time where he touched a black man's radio. <laughs> you don't do that. <laughs> you don't do that. Never do that. <laughs> Never do that. I used to work at a video store. It was my first job in high school. And I remember seeing this VHS that I regret not like taking home and watching. It was Jackie Chan. And it was him on stage. And it was called Half I a Loaf of Kung I love that movie so much. <laughs> I own that movie. That is the greatest. That is such a funny title. Um, so that movie has some of my favorite running jokes with me and my friends that Actually, I don't hang out with him anymore. I just got sad. Um, he meets someone in that movie who says that he'll train him in Kung Fu, but it really appears that the guy's just messing with him. He teaches him the iron finger, which is him flipping you off <laughs> and jabbing it into your eye. He teaches a backhand, which he calls the concubine, for whatever reason. But it turns out at the end of the movie, the guy was, he's just a jerk. He was teaching him real Kung Fu, but also trolling him the entire time. He also has a dream where he's getting beat up, and he finds wild spinach, eats it, Popeye music plays, and he beats everyone up. That movie is super funny. What drugs were these guys on, man? Uh, Every one of them. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not one. I'm not the type of person that's always rifling that concept off, where it's like, oh, they did they did good drugs when they wrote this, but like seriously, yeah, with that stuff, yeah, that's that's what you would think the entire time. just different culture and it's really interesting to see the different um you know corners of the world as far as movie making yeah. goes and those sensibilities because if you want to see ridiculous action no one takes it further than india oh yeah the just high budget bollywood ridiculous. movies are so funny Dude. it's incredible like they'll have a thing where the guy they had like a terminator ripoff <laughs> kind of movie <laughs> Just look it up. It's just it's ridiculous. Amazing. Like Terminator, Indian, and there's a scene where he like pulls out like a literally like a million assault rifles and just shoots them all at the same time. Flip so, deliberately and, flipping a car over a girl to hand her a rose upside down. Yeah, I remember that one too. And there's this one where guys, you know, you know that stunt they do in movies sometimes with the motorcycle where it's like this the motorcycle falls to the side and they like. <laughs> slide yes. with it and then get back up on the under they slide under a truck this guy did it with a I horse <laughs> I love it's, that one yeah <laughs> oh yeah that's good stuff that's a YouTube hole you can fall into oh yeah uh, there's this one called all those movies are on Netflix by the way yeah, oh they 100%. are Robot is the one I was talking about Robot is the name of this movie I believe that one's there it's um, filmed by Shankar that's all you need to know. I just had a crazy idea. If you guys have yeah. a moment, you could entertain this. Uh, so Clint Eastwood has made some uh, amazing stellar movies. But he's he deserves a retirement, mm. let's say. <laughs> and uh, 
and not for any any bad reason. It's just the guy has worked so hard, and like I want him to kick his feet up. But before he does, he needs to make a final film. And here's my pitch for his final film. I'm so ready. Okay, you ready? <laughs> the Fast and the Furious, but with horses. <laughs> oh my gosh! Like, is he the, is he like the horses that are <laughs> popping wheelies and doing <laughs> the second quarter miles? Is he the secret horse trainer that has the secret recipe for? The horse food that can make him uh, ten times stronger than the rest gosh. of the horses. Yeah, what what character should Clint Eastwood play? Maybe, oh uh, gosh, maybe he's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> he voices Mr. Ed, uh, or or he's or he's he's uh uh you know he's like the police chief captain or something like that. <laughs> he's the, yeah. the grizzled captain who says you have to go That's raid perfect. Johnny Tran's house. Oh man. All right. Well, thank you for entertaining that just ridiculous idea. That's I am my favorite full idea of them. So, so far. Uh, yeah, I love it. But we, well, we can all kind of go around and talk about our favorite car stunts in movies too, Ooh. just in general. Um, totally. I'll try to think of one. If anyone has one already, they can go ahead and. I have a in. movie in mind. Yeah. So please, please. A small backstory. The reason that I chose the, like the the reason that the the martial arts movies where my favorite is because of really specific scenes within those movies where they did either like a move that was really unique or a stunt that was really unique. And so when I got into drifting, I was obsessed with anything involving sliding a car. And so like I started trying to watch old car chase movies and I got really obsessed with car chase movies. And then I got, because that was also around when YouTube first blew up and then slightly before as well. Like, do you remember getaway in Stockholm? So those, mm-hmm. yes. those like I love that too. But there's a movie, um, I I think it's called The Driver. From like the late '70s, early '80s. I want to look it up. Mm. I want to make sure I've got the, the right name. Um, here, let me see. No big stars in that. So I think one. there's a a relatively big star. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so okay. Ryan O'Neal, and Bruce Dern, mm. who were definitely popular, at the time. Um, right. Yeah, so like the the main guy, he was just known as the driver. Like people are like the names of the people are the kid, the driver, the connection. There's very little dialogue, but the driving was so top notch. They were really, really hooning these cars in that movie. If you can if you can find a copy of it or find it like on YouTube or anything, the the car chases mm. were incredible. Like whoever was doing the driving was fantastic. Entitled one more. The time. driver. Oh, the driver. Yeah, that's the one. Seventy-eight. An enigmatic man of fast cars and few words, the driver excels at maneuvering getaway vehicles through the tightest of spots, making him quite in demand in criminal circles. His skill and notoriety, however, infuriate the detective, who becomes obsessed with taking the driver down. Luckily for the speed-loving antihero, the player, a gorgeous and resourceful woman, is around to help him elude the detective. Looks sweet. It definitely inspired the movie Drive with Gosling. Right. Okay. And then, uh, what was it? What was the more recent Baby Driver? Oh, that was such a good movie. Yeah, that was great too. They did some cool technology. If if you look up the behind the scenes on what they did to make that Subaru yeah. do all that stuff, pretty intense. Uh, and the music yeah. in that, that movie. yeah, oh, so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one was based off of a short film that the director did as a kind of a working concept, and uh, it's cool watching the original, comparing it to what it ended up becoming. Uh, but for me, my personal, like the ones, the, the car stunts that made me, uh, most 
kind of come to awe were Mad Max and oh, yeah. Fury Road had a few like I love the heavy car stuff like uh, yeah I definitely love my you know sedan or you know four door chase scenes in a city but um, there's something about getting a semi truck to do like you know to hit a strike mark in front of a camera <laughs> that's be like, the hardest hardest thing yeah mm-hmm. dude the heavy stuff so it, like from the original like from the road warrior up to fury road and like i love the way that they shoot the cars in those movies and how savage they seem they're, they're, they're these bad you know like military cars like twisted metal stuff it's, it's just so cool it. yeah absolutely mm-hmm. a lot of attention to detail that really makes those like uh the supercharger yeah, and road warrior noise how much character yeah the noise the, just like it was breathing amazing. like it was a living yeah. thing he held the reins to this incredible beast. Yeah, and little details that are, that you're you just like how did how do they think of that? Like where um when the semi trucks you know the war rig is on fire, and then you kind of when I first saw the war rig, um so no spoilers here by the way if you haven't seen Fury Road definitely go see it, uh, but this isn't a big spoiler um anyway, so I noticed the war rig had like this train kind of looking scoop in the front. And uh, I forgot about it. And then later on in the movie, the war rig catches fire, and they pull a lever. The freaking shovel goes in front of the truck, That's goes into right. the ground, kicks up a ton of dust, and puts out yeah, the fire. Yeah, that was genius. <laughs> I forgot about it's that. Like, who thought of this? Yeah, and it probably actually really worked. Like it wasn't. It was a practical yeah. effect. It, you know. Oh. Yeah, that was awesome. I completely forgot about that. I've seen the movie like a hundred times <laughs> i'm down to the gritty gritty details but um fast and furious one to me is a huge one a lot of the stunts in there were they were simple but it was kind of like the original star wars like lightsaber fights like star wars started out you know lightsaber fight was just like a very it was more about the the story between the duelers yeah. it wasn't just about fighting for the sake of fighting although in the tricking world i'm sure that got you a lot of oh, work man. and your guys right? yeah absolutely <laughs> It's like, hey, I could I could straight square up with you with the lightsaber and just kind of sword fight you, or I could do a spinning 360 twist in the <laughs> exactly. air and just get one glancing blow off the t- back of you and then get sli- sabered through. It's like, okay, you know, that's I gotta compliment you, Eddie, on that parallel that you just drew between the development of. Uh, uh, or, or yeah, the development of Star Wars movies, like especially as the prequels came out, um, to Fast and the Furious and how it developed in terms of like what kind of content yeah. actually filled the movie. Um, how with Star Wars, the prequels had so much emphasis and time and chore- choreography that went into the amazing, amazing lightsaber fights. Like that's that's honestly what I want to see Episode One for. Mm-hmm. Was you know like the. The pod racing was cool, and Star Wars music is amazing. And it's a Star Wars that's you do it at midnight. It's a cool thing, but like everyone was hyped for the oh, lightsaber yeah. battles, and like the theater erupted when uh, you know the Qui Gon and Obi Wan mm-hmm. are going at it with Darth mm-hmm. Maul, especially uh, Obi Wan versus Darth Maul right after Qui Gon gets oh. uh, killed, and it's just one shot of the two of them doing like fifty moves between <laughs> yeah. each other in perfect, perfect uh, synchronization. That was like everyone was just cheering after that. Um, and you compare that to Fast and the Furious, and Fast and Furious like had a had a coherent story, and and the cars were there, but they were they were, uh, for lack of a better term, vehicles for the characters and the story, and um, and they were part of it, but they weren't the stars. Mm-hmm. 
but as as Fast and the Furious went on, uh, after like I'd say the third one was the last one that really had like a genuine story, and everything since then has just been like muscles and absolutely. Yeah. Let's be honest, uh, you know. And and Star Wars, that's where the parallel is. Like the the prequels, especially, uh, just had a kind of a basic. Like what is this? You know, trade federation. It, it it felt like they sacrificed time spent on the story to instead focus Absolutely. on fan service, and it it certainly drove in the dollars. And that's exactly what the Fast and the Furious franchise has done too. Just ridiculous money coming in by uh, focusing on on what draws in the highest numbers of people. Uh, it it's just interesting that a sci-fi, uh, you know, uh, past universe um, can develop in parallel uh in parallel ways to you know an earth bounds car topic movie uh it's interesting how the two of those evolved in a similar uh let's find out how to make the most money from this kind of way i never would have put that together without without (laughs) you yeah explained it beautifully yeah he took my concept and ran away with it it's awesome man i like i like both your brains you guys you guys got good (laughs) brains (laughs) (laughs) likewise my friend but if if you could if you could uh, make like a fifty foot banner that says my brain is good <laughs> and send it to me so I can put it in front of my house. It sounds like um, Trump's like <laughs> sorry to get political. My self esteem yeah. needs a little kick. You guys got the best brains. So. All right. <laughs> yeah. At, at least then it'll be big enough to wrap around my head once. <laughs> hey, there, do you do Just you so. have a big head? Is that a thing? Is that I do. Uh, in more ways than <laughs> wow. I don't I don't want to get it sexual here, but. Uh, the first yes, words that came out of the doctor's mouth when I was born were, look at the size of the head on this kid. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. I got massive C-section skull, all the way. Me too, dude. So, uh, let me put it this way. I mean, I went to a karting. Like, when a, my friends and I went to this, like, out-of-the-way karting spot in Southern California, and it was outdoors, and they were uh, giving helmets to the guys to my friends and then they gave me one and i'm like i hold it in my hand and i'm like this isn't gonna fit and they're like try it on I'm like i know okay you really want me to try it on I, and then i i obviously can't even doesn't even it barely gets inside the freaking bottom part so they're like have to scramble and they end up like it was a journey they took like 10 10 minutes to find a freaking helmet for me and finally i could race yeah we're, so that's what we all have in common Maybe it's a sim racing thing. Have you guys, have you guys measured your yeah. head? Do you have? I have an eight-inch head. I I have yeah. multiple times for like costume fitting, and I never remember. I should yeah. I should remember eight-inch. I know that because eight I inch. have a fitted Dodgers hat that barely that it fits very very well. It's at eight inches, but it could be like you know a quarter inch bigger. I have a hilarious anecdote regarding my massive skull. Do you ever like look back at your life and think like? Like one defining moment completely changed the path you took in your life. So, when I was six or seven, I went to a rodeo with my mom because, like, my mom's from Oklahoma, my dad's from the Philippines. So, we did a lot of rodeo stuff. So, we were at a rodeo, and uh, I wanted one of those kids' cowboy hats, like a little plastic cowboy hat. And we went to like a kiosk to get that. So, I'm like, yeah, I want a plastic cowboy hat. We're at a rodeo. I want to be a cowboy. And none of them fit my head oh. at all. And they were selling real cowboy hats, but my mom couldn't afford it. So she bought me plastic nunchucks from the kiosk. Whoa. And that oh, definitely cool. is partially responsible for my love 
my of martial gosh. arts. <laughs> like, I think about that frequently. If wow. my skull wasn't so massive, maybe I wouldn't become a martial artist. <laughs> you would have become a cowboy. A, some, yeah, a cowboy. Maybe a rodeo clown. <laughs> maybe you got messed up way, way more. Yeah, that. Oh god, rodeo clowns are the the. They're so tough. Did I say radio clowns? Radio I heard radio clowns. Um, Cyrus, <laughs> it's not too late. You can be the world's first yes. ninja cowboy. <laughs> right, I'm, in. I'm ready for it. It sounds like a B, B, a B, 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 a B movie I would like oh, yeah. to watch. Cowboys versus ninjas. Probably exists. That's <laughs> some it's, maybe. Well, it's, it may, we don't want cowboys versus ninjas. We need a melding. Oh, we cowboy a, ninjas, yes. Cow- we need a cow ninja. <laughs> cow ninja. Or, ninja or boy. Ninja, ninja boy. boy. Sounds like a rapper. <laughs> ninja boy. <laughs> Lil Ninja Boy. Now we got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tristan, did you say what your uh, favorite car stunt was? Uh, no, I haven't. I've been waiting. Uh, been like, like, what is it? Oh, cool. I, I'm really happy you asked because I, I narrowed it down to four minutes. Oh, movies. nice. Perfect. <laughs> uh, first one Legal. is Le Mans. Oh, yes. oh, yeah. Steve McQueen. Because because uh, the cars are being filmed at real oh, speeds. Man. And that, that is insanity. insanity. Um, and I don't know if you guys have either have you read the uh, the amazing book. Um, and if you're listening, you got to read this, too. It's, it's called A French Kiss with Death, the making of the movie Le Mans. Oh, damn. And it's this huge huge like hardcover picture book basically uh that tells the story of the whole making of and you may remember a particular scene from Le Mans and this is the first of four movies I'm going to cite by the way so I'll try to go quickly through this uh you may remember uh one particular scene uh I want to say it's uh near the end of the film uh Steve McQueen's back in a Porsche and he's chasing down the Ferrari um in a closing laps and uh he finally gets up close to him and as he's uh coming to pass him um, somehow his camera like rotates as he's passing, so you can see the Ferrari pass alongside, and then rotates again to to see the, the Ferrari behind. Well, they had like a big, like heavy steel mechanism bolted to the car, which they're driving at speed, by the way, 150 plus miles an hour, um, set to just like a simple rope and pulley system. Um, and this thing was heavy, like you know, this was a well, a 30 millimeter like mm. real camera um and uh weighed like I, I don't know like 80 or 100 something pounds so when it when it turned 90 degrees and went thunk to the stop that like caused the driver to almost Ooh. lose control of the car more than once like that's how much danger they were operating in for that's every shot oh, um just just in attempts to be you know innovative and uh, have cool close-up shots that's the kind Damn. of risk they had to take i think um uh, who was it uh Derek Bell uh, suffered burns after he uh, got in a crash, uh, I think in a Lola T70, um, when they were filming that one scene where the Ferrari crashes through, the, I think, the shell sign at Indianapolis Corner and blows up. I think that was um, Derek Bell driving the, the car leading up to the accident, and something happened. There was just all sorts of injury and calamity, and it's just amazing that movie even got finished without uh, you know That's more crazy. people getting injured. You had to play it by ear on, um, that, on that one. Uh, just to quickly add, I feel like if a crash happens while they're trying some other stunt, they're just they could just use that for footage of that a crash. You know? Frequently, yeah. <laughs> right. You signed an NDA. You have to deal with it. All right. Um, third movie, uh, Vanishing oh, yeah. Point. Vanishing, mm-hmm. yeah. Vanishing Point has has some great driving. 
uh, and is just an amazing story. Uh, let's see. Second is um, Ronin oh, yeah. with uh, Robert De Niro and Jean Renault from like 1999 or 2000. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that, Eddie. That's got the most insane car chases through uh, Nice in the, uh, the southern movie. coast of France. No brake lights. Unbelievable. Like the, the director said that, yeah. right? I think so. It's I think like so, yeah. One instruct, instruction to the choreographer was, I don't want to see brake lights. Oh, that made me think of Transporter. That's a great oh, I one love too. that movie. I forgot about that yeah, movie. Yeah, the BMW. That is everything in my life. License plates. Yeah, the license plates that hide your yes. tag and shit. Or he had like three on a on the yeah. Rolodex kind of thing. That was cool. And the driving itself was awesome. Jason's uh, transporter. Yeah, the yeah, Statham, yep. right? Yeah, he's incredible. He's a That's real a martial artist too. Oh, cool. Um, last movie, uh, and it's obscure. Uh, Condor Man, hmm. um, a Disney movie from I think 1981 that bombed so hard that Disney disowned the film. <laughs> and only until recently did they put their name back on it just so they, they could make money on selling it as a DVD oh, or whatever. Black, there's these yellow birds, these black yellow birds chasing this crazy like concept car thing. Yeah. Whoa. So the same stunt coordinator team that made the Italian job, the original one with Gene Hackman, uh, were the team that put together the car chase scene for um, oh, car chase scenes car. in this movie. Now the movie is oh. extremely cheesy. It's dialogue that's made for kids, you know. So it's that it's looks... it's simple, but it's it's funny. It's beautiful, and the car chase scenes are just sweet. astonishing because they use like nine thirty yeah. turbos. And the 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 main bad guy named uh, Motorvich has, of course, I know every detail about the movie. Um, has a 935 with like a, a, a Chevy like big block uh. V8 in the back, and it's it's got the like blacked out windows and like a radar <laughs> thingy like rotating on top Dude, of it. Thing's cool. It's uh, and they blow up these 930s. You know, cars that like if they were still oh. around would be a two hundred thousand wow, dollar car now today. Dude. Just blowing them up left and they right. Brought up a shield. It's like a battle bot. <laughs> One of the image results is a Gran Turismo livery. With the um, what's it called? Oh, that's cool. It looks. Like, is that the Pantera? The, or whatever? What is it called? It looks like the, one. Oh, the the yeah, Condor the car. car with the. Um, it was. I'm trying to remember what. It's like a kit car um, or something like that. Yeah, that's that one uh, muscle car that's like actually really good in uh, N four hundred or something. Uh, I forgot. What's really funny is we were talking about the Fittipaldi. Oh, never mind. Yes, we're. Oh, it does look like that. We're tra- we're talking about um, <laughs> driving beefs earlier, and then oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. realized that the guy who made <laughs> yep. that livery is like one person that I actually have <laughs> a, like a a long-standing beef with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, really? That's awesome. That's really funny. That's funny. Oh, and and of course the bad guy in Condor Man is Oliver Reed, who played Proximo in Gladiator. Um, Oh, a, an incredible bad guy, and it was it was a kids movie, but he gave a, a great performance as a very intimidating and scary I can't wait bad to guy. Watch this. So there's a really good um, stunt show in Disney World. It's about cars, um, and I remember seeing a Modern Marvels episode. It's it's called Lights, Motors, Action, and these stuntmen do these this insane show. Like I, I don't know how many times a day they do it at Disney World, but it's badass and the technology that they put into these cars to make them like 
drive insanely accurately forward reverse they can drift forever and it's just a really really cool if you type in a I think it's Modern Marvel's Disney car show. Yeah. The people who do live theme show, like theme park stunts, are generally like Hollywood stunt people too. That is the the pinnacle of stunt work. It is the hardest Dude. stunt work to do. Yeah, I remember we went to go see Cirque du Soleil, oh gosh. and there was a uh, a segment in the show Beatles Love Show where they just brought out a vert ramp and there was roller skaters or roller bladers fruit booters they were <laughs> doing like backflips on vert ramps i'm like geez uh, they just have this on tap on demand whenever they want they're it's insane yeah I, I have a few friends who who do various circ shows and they're the athleticism that those performers have blows my mind there's something else yeah man I have a really weird car anecdote now that we're talking that yeah. you guys may or may not love this. So back in three fast, three furious Tokyo drift. <laughs> um, so that was directed by a dude named Justin Lin. And if you yeah. look up the movie, better luck tomorrow, I love better. So luck you've tomorrow. seen that. Oh yeah, dude. I saw it way before three fast, three furious came you know, out. Han is, Tokyo drift. Han is the same character. Yeah. That is yeah, Han is the shit. I loved him in that movie. I mean, he's evil in the movie. That's him. But... Like, that is canonically Han from Three Fast, Three oh, Furious. Oh, yeah, same yeah. universe. Yeah, yeah. That's so. It's a cool. weird, like, I guess, rich kids with problems kind of kind of movie. Like, Oh, yeah. But Better Luck Tomorrow. And, yeah, it is 100% actually the same character. It is the weirdest <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, dude. That's a hardcore movie, man. It was man. really it's hardcore. Fun. A lot of those guys went on to become very successful. Um, I just saw the one... Remember the one guy that was like... The, the, he had that famous line that said, um, making money is better than sex yep. or something like that. Um, that actor... I saw him more recently in a freaking... like I was watching because my family's Mexican. We watch Mexican movies sometimes. <laughs> and I was watching this Mexican movie about like people traveling through... Trying to get through the uh, Sonoran Desert back in the day. And he shows... He's like this guy that lives in Mexico to get away from the persecution in the United States from the railroads. Oh. And he speaks Spanish in the movie. I was just really impressed. And Yeah. Anecdote for me. That's cool. Um, Cyrus, you referred to the third (laughs) Fast and the Furious. (laughs) That's what we all called it. Perchance, have you... Have you seen uh, the Three Fast, Three Furious uh, cartoon gag from no. Newgrounds? Uh-huh. How did I miss that? That kind right. of rings this a is... bit of a bell. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to link you, and I'm going to need you to maybe have it on your volume so we know that you're watching it, and I, I need I to listen to your reaction. Let's make sure it's the right one. Yeah. Three, three Thrass, Three Furious, just with like a three in, as the first letter of each. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send it to the messenger here. So that we're talking about the same one. Yeah, it's like a minute and 13 seconds. I don't have speakers, but I I am listening to it. Okay. (laughs) God, it's so funny. (laughs) The wings. (laughs) (laughs) See, even back then, we knew how dumb I was going to (laughs) get. The thrash. New models. Oh yeah, I remember this ship. Tristan is awesome. I was on Newgrounds a lot. 
Rice so good. The rice factory. <laughs> Spreed. <laughs> oh man. The cars are just like being whipped around everywhere. It's like, is this 3D animation? I like. Wow, dude, that that scene going through the uh, office building was quite complex. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's very lethal weapon. Yeah. That's awesome. That is so funny. How did I miss that? Thank. Well, uh, that's exactly the kind of work. thing that don't, I would have watched feel bad that you missed it. on Newgrounds right? back in the day. I don't know how I missed that. Yeah, I appreciate both your brains. The banner will be there shortly. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, thanks so much for um, getting it going, Tristan. Thank of you, Cyrus. Absolutely. Thank you, dear listener. <laughs> Thank you, Eddie. Oh, of course. You're the you're the mix master. Wicka wicka wicka. I'm gonna. Wicka wicka Wardez. Tomorrow, watch as I make my voice much louder than yours. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Just dominates more bass, but yeah, he'll he'll put me through a synthesizer, <laughs> so I'm just like a, I don't know, Perfect. small child. Yeah, I mean that would match that would match my mental. Oh, know, me too. Age, Only I depends guess. depends on the like how good the question is. <laughs> I'll change it up and down. It, de- <laughs> it depends on how good I look in that poster. Once you oh, roll yeah. it, no more about this poster. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> One also, day. I can show you One day. for a fee. <laughs> oh, subscription, huh? <laughs> yeah, Patreon. Only posters. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. I love it. Well, thank you, everyone. We're going to wrap it up for tonight. That was episode 24. Still got to upload another one, which is kind of a timeless upload. We had a uh, chat while Tristan was driving on Discord. It was awesome. Oh, yeah. Drivecast. When I was heading to Seattle. Yeah, we talked a like time. It's like timeless speculation because we haven't gotten since then to now. We haven't gotten any new info on DT7, right. and I'm particularly proud of this conversation because we didn't bring it up at all. That's no, true. Because it's true. excellent. Nothing's come out. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, there's nothing to talk about. Yeah. Are you getting, well, let's end it with that. Uh, are you getting a PS5 right away? When I can find one, as soon as I can find one, I'm pre-ordering it. I'm not. I'm not gonna kill myself trying yeah. to get one. So it'll happen. I'll, I'll let it come to me. Yeah. But I'm gonna focus on my computer. Yeah. I got a. It, it's on uh, i5s from 2009. Right. Oh, yeah. It's about time for me an upgrade. too. That's what I'm doing. Like I'm. I was close to pulling the trigger a few times, but yes, life happens. You gotta think sensibly. Being an adult sucks mm-hmm. anyway. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. To all of our friends out there listening, thank you so much. We will be back soon. And we hope that you have a safe uh, October, Halloween, maybe. We'll see. But yeah. Spooky. Spooky times. Spooky season. Indeed. Thanks. Mask up. Be kind to each other. Thank you, everyone.